The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Lent marches on. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Monday, March 13th, 2023, Monday of the third week of Lent. In the Missal, it's liturgical year A, cycle one. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And our saint today is Saint Agnellus of Pisa. Born in Pisa in 1195, a member of the noble Agnelli clan, Saint Francis of Assisi personally received Agnellus into his order and sent him to Paris to start a Franciscan mission there. Agnellus also was sent by Saint Francis to England He and nine other Franciscans landed in Dover in 1224. They obtained a house in Oxford and began the Franciscan English province. He became a friend of King Henry III, who called upon Agnellus to avert a civil war between the throne and the Earl Marshal. Agnellus worked to calm the situation and contracted a serious illness in the process. He died in Oxford in 1236. St. Agnellus of Pisa, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my thoughts, words, and actions, and accompany them with your aid, so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying for those who have suffered harm from members of the church. May they find within the church herself a concrete response to their pain and suffering. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make these moments of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guiding angel, intercede for me. I think most Christians understand the appeal of going off on some missionary journey. It sounds great, especially if it's not forever. Maybe just a few months or a few years in some foreign country, helping people to understand the gospel and grow closer to Jesus Christ. It seems so easy to speak about Jesus and his truth there in some place far off from home. And, of course, it can seem so much more difficult to show ourselves as faithful followers of Jesus in our own hometown, with people whom we know so well and who know us so well. That's exactly the dilemma that our Lord finds himself in today. The gospel goes, And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of these except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage, 
They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them, and went on his way. Well, Jesus, I think it probably makes us all feel a bit better to know that you, God incarnate, had difficulty proclaiming your message amongst the people who knew you so well. If you found it difficult, then it's no surprise that we will too. But at the same time, the scene is quite astonishing. I have always seen this, Lord, as one of your greatest miracles. As I contemplate that scene, I seem to follow this raging mob of people, probably not many, but enough, this raging mob of people who are determined to kill you. I wonder what it was that gave rise to so much anger in them. They knew you. And yet their hearts turned hard and cold, away from this person they knew. And their offence was so great that they desired to bring about your death. So when I contemplate that raging mob, maybe only a few dozen people, I don't see people who are worked into a frenzy as much as people who are cold, full of pride and anger. A wrangling, seething wrath, all the more insidious for the way it grips the cold and determined grimness of their faces. They lead you with that blackened determination, one step after another, each step a moment that they could contemplate the sin they are intent on committing, and the possibility of conversion. So many paces, one after another, and that cold march approaches its completion. And that's where I see it as the greatest miracle. At the point of its culmination, as they lead you to the cliff which they sought as the instrument of your death, you simply walk away, right through the midst of them. No matter how much people might have been against you, no matter how much they might even have hated you, they could not so much as lay a hand on you. Against all their steely and cold determination, you simply walked through the middle of them, free and untouched to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God. Now, of course, God hasn't ceased to make that happen whenever necessary. I can't help but think of someone like Blessed Alvaro del Portillo. He was one of the first members of Opus Dei who was caught up in the Spanish Civil War with its intense persecution of Catholics. He had to go into hiding and then was found out and thrown into prison. He could have been killed easily. He himself talks about seeing one of his fellow inmates who, on removing a cigarette someone had burned into the image of a saint, was immediately shot for having done so. But for some reason, Alvaro was released, without charge. He went back into hiding, but he needed to flee to safety. In the end, he enlisted actually in the rebel army, in the hope of crossing the front somehow. It was a miracle just for him to get enlisted, because everyone was obliged to be enlisted long before. He had to use false ID. He got the birthday wrong when he was telling the person enlisting him. Everything got confused, and the guy enlisting him neglected to put him in a disciplinary battalion, where he should have gone, and put him in the regular army. Beyond that, in an army of thousands of people, he ended up in a platoon with two friends, two fellow Catholics, with whom he was hoping to escape. All this seems madness, but it gets even crazier, because when they finally arrived at the front, for whatever inexplicable reason, whoever was in charge, picked from all the soldiers there, none other than exactly those three, to go and make some purchases. Well, the three of them obviously used that as their opportunity to flee, 
and so they cross the front line, and then to safety. And you can't help but think, well, how is it that they walk past death, walk past so many people who would love to have killed them for their faith, and walked away scot-free? Well, that's pretty spectacular. I'd like to think that the same thing happens with us. Probably not in such a dramatic way, but we see that there are plenty of people around who don't understand our faith. We live amongst them, and we move in and out around them with the greatest of ease, although the devil would probably love to have us thrown off a cliff as well. For many Christians, friends and family are the first to respect our faith, since they're good people who have a general respect for us personally. For others, it can be more difficult. But for pretty much everyone, there's the difficulty of living in a world that seems like they would rather that Jesus had just been thrown off that cliff and forgotten in time and wish that we, at least, would throw our faith off a cliff, and forget about Jesus too. But in spite of all that, we continue to live in their midst, as a light that shows that the gospel never dies. We pass by them as we walk among them, on the train and bus, at work, in the lecture theatres and the classrooms. There we are, because our country belongs to us too. This is where we live, and we live that great miracle of Jesus Christ in our own little way. But let's get back to the gospel scene. Of course, those who hated Jesus would have their day, or so they think. At first glance, Lord, that could seem like a failure, like the loss of the miraculous. Of course, eventually those people who were so full of hatred would have you crucified. They may not have been exactly the same ones, but they were of the same type. They wanted to throw you off the cliff and into oblivion, into an abyss that would have seen you forgotten in time and lost to all. But in their rage to achieve their end, they lifted you up upon the cross, the throne from which you would declare into eternity and to everyone, that you offer everything, that you offer your very self in the greatest act of self-giving that the world can ever hope to witness, a God who came to die in order to call humanity to himself. Far from the cliff and abyss of oblivion, lost in time, wiped from the memory of all, they raised you up to glory, to the end of time and into eternity, forever placed not only in the mind but also in the hearts of all, forever undying in the lives of so many who gaze upon you. Lord, help us to see this fulfilled in our own lives as well, as we live and move among so many people of different faiths, and as we long to put you again and again in that place of glory where you belong. Our Mother Mary, teach us to follow this greatest miracle of Jesus, that of being able to walk without fear and without problem, even amongst those who are burdened by hatred for what they do not understand. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your assistance in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guiding angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 14 past the hour on Daybreak. It's Monday of the third week of Lent, March 13th, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin this day of prayer with the whole church 
were led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and And my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. O God, be Be gracious, and and bless us, us, and and let your face shed its light upon us. So will your ways be known upon the earth, and all nations learn your saving help. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. Let the nations be glad and exult. For you rule the world with justice. With fairness you rule the peoples. You guide the nations on earth. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. The earth has yielded its fruit, for God, our God, has blessed us. May God still give us his blessing, till the ends of the earth revere him. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts. Glory Glory to the the Father, and to the the Son, and and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your hearts.
Our God will be made manifest. He will not come in silence. Our God will be made manifest. He will not come in silence. The God of gods, the Lord, has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion's perfect beauty, he shines. Our God comes. He keeps silence no longer. Before him, fire devours. Around him, tempest rages. He calls on the heavens and the earth to witness his judgment of his people. Summon before me my people, who made covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself is the judge. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Our God will be made manifest. He will will come in silence. Offer to God the sacrifice of praise. Offer to God the sacrifice of praise. Listen, my people, I will speak. Israel, I will testify against you, for I am God, your God. I accuse you, lay the charge before you. I find no fault with your sacrifices. Your offerings are always before me. I do not ask more bullocks from your farms, nor goats from among your herds. For I own all the beasts of the forest, beasts in their thousands on my hills. I know all the birds in the sky. All that moves in the field belongs to me. Were I hungry, I would not tell you, for I own the world and all it holds. Do you think I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Pay your sacrifice of thanksgiving to God and render him your votive offerings. Call on me in the day of distress. I will free you and you shall honor me. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Offer to God the sacrifice of praise. I want a loving heart more than sacrifice, knowledge of my ways more than holocausts. I want a loving heart more than sacrifice, knowledge of my ways more than holocausts. But God says to the wicked, But how can you recite my commandments? And take my covenant on your lips, you who despise my law, and throw my words to the winds. You who see a thief and go with him, who throw in your lot with adulterers, who unbridle your mouth for evil, and whose tongue is plotting crime. You who sit and malign your brother, and slander your own mother's son, you do this, and should I keep silence? Do you think that I am like you? Mark this, you who never think of God, lest I seize you and you cannot escape. A sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and I will show God's salvation to the upright. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will be forever. Amen. I want a loving heart more than sacrifice, knowledge of my ways more than holocausts. Turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, with Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. You shall all worship at some distance, but Moses alone is to come close to the Lord. The others shall not come too near, and the people shall not come up at all with Moses. When Moses came to the people and related all the words and ordinances of the Lord, they all answered with one voice, We will do everything that the Lord has told us. Moses then wrote down all the words of the Lord, and rising early the next day, he erected at the foot of the mountain an altar and twelve pillars for the twelve tribes of Israel. Then, having sent certain young men of the Israelites to offer holocausts and sacrifice young bulls, as peace offerings to the Lord, Moses took half of the blood and put it in large bowls. The other half he splashed on the altar. Taking the book of the covenant, he read it aloud to the people who answered, All that the Lord has said we will heed and do. Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words of his. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy elders of Israel, and they beheld the God of Israel. Under his feet there appeared to be sapphire tile work as clear as the sky itself, Yet he did not smite these chosen Israelites. After gazing on God, they could still eat and drink. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, and while you are there, I will give you the stone tablets on which I have written the commandments intended for their instruction. So Moses set out, with Joshua his aide, and went up to the mountain of God. The elders, however, had been told by him, Wait here for us until we return to you. Aaron and her are staying with you. If anyone has a complaint, let him refer the matter to them. After Moses had gone up, a cloud covered the mountain the glory of the Lord settled upon Mount Sinai. The cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord was seen as a consuming fire on the mountaintop. But Moses passed into the midst of the cloud as he went up on the mountain. And there he stayed for forty days 
and forty nights. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God allowed Moses to hear his voice and led him into the cloud. Speaking to Moses face to face, God gave him his commandments, the law that brings life and knowledge, so that he might teach Jacob his precepts and Israel his decrees. In the desert assembly, it was through Moses alone that our ancestors communicated with the angel who had spoken to him upon Mount Sinai. Speaking to Moses face to face, God gave him his commandments, the law that brings life and knowledge, so that he might teach Jacob his precepts and Israel his decrees. From a homily by St. Basil the Great, Bishop. The wise man must not boast of his wisdom, nor the strong man of his strength, nor the rich man of his riches. What then is the right kind of boasting? What is the source of man's greatness? Scripture says, The man who boasts must boast of this, that he knows and understands that I am the Lord. Here is man's greatness. Here is man's glory and majesty. To know in truth what is great, to hold fast to it, and to seek glory from the Lord of glory. The Apostle tells us, The man who boasts must boast of the Lord. He has just said, Christ was appointed by God to be our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, so that, as it is written, a man who boasts must boast of the Lord. Boasting of God is perfect and complete when we take no pride in our own righteousness, but acknowledge that we are utterly lacking in true righteousness and have been made righteous only by faith in Christ. Paul boasts of the fact that he holds his own righteousness in contempt and seeks the righteousness in faith that comes through Christ and is from God. He wants only to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and to have fellowship with his sufferings by taking on the likeness of his death in the hope that somehow he may arrive at the resurrection of the dead. Here we see all overweening pride laid low. Humanity, there is nothing left for you to boast of, for your boasting and hope lie in putting to death all that is your own and seeking the future life that is in Christ. Since we have its first fruits, we are already in its midst, living entirely in the grace and gift of God. It is God who is active within us, giving us both the will and the achievement in accordance with his good purpose. Through his Spirit, God also reveals his wisdom in the plan he has preordained for our glory. God gives power and strength in our labors. I have toiled harder than all others, Paul says, but it is not I, but the grace of God which is with me. God rescues us from dangers beyond all human expectation. We felt within ourselves that we had received the sentence of death so that we might not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. For so great a danger did he deliver us. 
and does deliver us, we hope in him, for he will deliver us again. To know you, O God, is to reach holiness. To acknowledge your power is the source of immortality. This is eternal life, to know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. To acknowledge your power is the source of immortality. Let us pray. May your unfailing compassion, O Lord, cleanse and protect your church. And since without you she cannot stand secure, may she be always governed by your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Twenty-three minutes before the hour, today's gospel is coming right up, as well as In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak on Rolliver Radio and the Rolliver Radio app. It's Daybreak on Rolliver Radio and the Rolliver Radio app for Monday of the third week of Lent, March 13th, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord is speaking to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, and he basically says, I should have expected this from you. It's from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Truly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own country. But in truth, I tell you, There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when there came a great famine over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them was cleansed but only Naaman, the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and put him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down headlong. But passing through the midst of them, he went away. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Indeed, sometimes the Lord asks things of us which seem downright impossible. But if we say, okay, Lord, with the help of your grace, I'll do it. That is being docile. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 2, Lent and Eastertide. Faith in the means God gives us works miracles. On one occasion, our Lord asked a cripple to do something which, from vast experience, the man knew he could not do. It was to stretch out his withered hand. But again, docility, the sign of an operative faith, made the miracle possible. And the man stretched out his hand, and it was restored, whole like the other. At times, we too will be asked to do things we think we are incapable of. 
but they will become possible if we allow the grace of God to act within us, a grace which quite frequently comes to us as a result of docility and spiritual direction. Our Lord asks us not to seek mere earthly supports, which would inevitably lead to pessimism. He asks us for supernatural trust, for us to be supernaturally realists, to count on him, that is, being aware that Jesus Christ continues to influence our lives. Ten men find their cure because they are docile. Jesus simply tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. On another occasion, our Lord has compassion on a man born blind, and St. John vividly relates the incident. Jesus spat on the ground and made a paste and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the beggar did not doubt for an instant. So he went and washed and came back seeing. What an example of firm faith that blind man gives us. His is a living, operative faith. Do you believe like this when God commands, when so often you can't see, when your soul is worried and the light is gone? What power could the water possibly contain that when the blind man's eyes were moistened with it, they were cured? Surely some mysterious eye salve or a precious medicine made up in the laboratory of some wise alchemist would have been more efficacious. But the man believed. He acted upon the command of God and he returned with eyes full of light. Blindness, defects, weaknesses, these are shortcomings that have a remedy. We ourselves cannot do anything. Jesus Christ is all-powerful. The water of that pool went on being water, and the day continued to be day. But the blind man recovered his sight with a deeper living faith in the Lord. And thus, as so often in the gospel, we are shown the faith of those who have trusting relations with Jesus. Without docility, spiritual guidance remains fruitless. And one cannot be docile if he insists on being stubborn, obstinate, incapable of assimilating an idea different from those he already holds or which he has got into his head as a result of some negative experience when he has not counted on the help of grace. Pride makes one incapable of docility, for in order to understand, one has to be convinced that there are still things which are outside our experience, and that we need someone to point them out to us. To achieve spiritual improvement, we have to realize that we are not as good as God expects us to be. In matters related to our own interior life, we ought to be forewarned with a prudent mistrust in our own judgment so as to be able to accept criteria different from or even opposed to our own. And we will allow God to mold and remold us through events and inspirations, through lights received in spiritual direction. We will permit ourselves to be shaped, to be molded, to be formed with the docility of clay in the hands of the potter without offering any resistance. With supernatural outlook, listening to Christ through the one who has the grace to direct. So, sacred scripture tells us, I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand and he remade it into another vessel. Like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. With availability, with docility, we will allow ourselves to be reworked and reshaped by God as often as is necessary. 
this could be the resolution we make in our prayer today, a resolution which we will bring to fruition with the help of Our Lady. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. 14 before the hour, let's pray. We join the whole church as we're led by our friends at divineoffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord God of hosts. My soul is longing and yearning, is yearning for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my soul ring out their joy to God, the living God. The sparrow herself finds a home, and the swallow a nest for her brood. She lays her young by your altars, Lord of hosts, my King and my God. They are happy who dwell in your house, forever singing your praise. They are happy whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are the roads to Zion. As they go through the bitter valley, they make it a place of springs The autumn rain covers it with blessings. They walk with ever-growing strength. They will see the God of gods in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Turn your eyes, O God, our shield. Look on the face of your anointed. One day within your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. The threshold of the house of God I prefer to the dwellings of the wicked. For the Lord God is a rampart, a shield. He will give us his favor and glory. The Lord will not refuse any good to those who walk without blame. Lord God of hosts, happy the man who trusts in you. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Bless your people, Lord. You have given us the law that we may walk from strength to strength, and raise our minds to you from this valley of tears. May we receive the gifts you have gained for us. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Come, let us climb the mountain of the Lord. Come, Come, let us climb the mountain of the Lord. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. 
For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not rise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Come, Come, let let us climb the mountain of the Lord. Sing to the Lord, and bless his name. Sing Sing to the the Lord, and bless bless his his name. name. O sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. O sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim his help day by day. Tell among the nations his glory, and his wonders among all the peoples. The Lord is great and worthy of praise. To be feared above all gods, the gods of the heathens are not. It was the Lord who made the heavens. His are majesty and state and power and splendor in his holy place. Give the Lord, you families of people. Give the Lord glory and power. Give the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in his temple, O earth, tremble before him. Proclaim to the nations, God is king. The world he made firm in its place, he will judge the peoples in fairness. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let the sea and all within it thunder praise. Let the land and all it bears Rejoice, all the trees of the wood shout for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he comes, he comes to rule the earth. With justice he will rule the world, he will judge the peoples with his truth. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, you have renewed the face of the earth. Your church throughout the world sings you a new song, announcing your wonders to all. Through a virgin, you have brought forth a new birth in our world. Through your miracles, a new power. Through your suffering, a new patience. In your resurrection, a new hope. And in your ascension, New Majesty. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. A reading from the book of Exodus. You have seen for yourselves how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession. Dearer to me than all other peoples, though all the earth is mine. You shall be a kingdom of priests, a 
holy nation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God himself will set me free from the hunter's snare. God God himself himself will set set me free from from the hunter's hunter's snare. snare. From those who would trap me with lying words. And And from from the the hunter's hunter's snare. snare. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. God himself will set me free from from the hunter's hunter's snare. I tell you assuredly, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight, all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. I tell you assuredly, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Praise to you, Jesus, our Savior. By his death he has opened for us the way of salvation. Let us ask him. Lord, guide your people to walk in your ways. God of mercy, you gave us new life through baptism. Make us grow day by day in your likeness. Lord, guide your people to walk in your ways. May our generosity today Bring joy to those in need. In helping them, may we find you. Lord, Lord, guide guide your people to to walk walk in in your ways. Help us to do what is good, right, and true in your sight. And to seek you always with undivided hearts. Lord, guide guide your people to walk in your ways. Forgive our sins against the unity of your family. Make us one in heart and spirit. Lord, guide Guide your people to walk walk in your ways. And to these intercessions, we pause to add the prayers of our own hearts. Lord, guide guide your people to walk in your ways. And now let us pray as the Lord told us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and And forgive us our trespasses, as as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May your unfailing compassion, O Lord, cleanse and protect your church. And since without you she cannot stand secure, may she be always governed by your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And so the third week of Lent is well underway. Morning Air is coming up in just a few minutes with John and Glenn. Patrick Madrid a bit later on. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the app. Go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.